Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. Excited to be talking about everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. That's exactly what Lockdown Blue Devils is. If you have not done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. Also, be sure to watch the show daily on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It means a lot when you do that. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado, let me bring on my good friend, the aforementioned Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Back with us as he is every week and uh, exciting to talk about a 5-1 and one football team. Josh, how are you, my friend? It was a great weekend, wasn't it? Beating an in-state rival, um, NC State coming to Wallace Wade and, and leaving, uh, only scoring three points. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. And then man, this week coming up, I mean, not only do you have the football team, you know, going to Dope Campbell Stadium, Florida State, as you mentioned, but you've got the basketball team countdown to craziness on Friday night. It's just an exciting week for, for Duke Athletics, for sure. We certainly haven't forgotten about countdown to craziness. But I was worried that we're so that you, my friend, and the Section 17 guys were a little so consumed and rightfully so with this great football start. I was worried it was going to sneak up on you, and here well, you are. You seem ready for it on Friday. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the basketball program does such a good job of putting out just enough content to really, <laughs> really get you. Like you can't help but be ready and you know i know the caleb foster uh hype right now is really big uh, after especially after that last video that came out it's gonna be a lot of fun you know duke basketball is great i'm gonna be able to be uh in the house for several games this year it's gonna be a lot of fun and i know we'll talk a lot about that but you're right i mean duke football sits here with only one loss uh with no acc losses with literally their destiny is in their hands complete control of their destiny and so yeah it, it it's definitely um it's definitely two major parts of my life coming together at the same time, for sure. Best time of year, that's for sure. So let's uh, let, let's talk about this football game that just happened. Duke beats NC State by a score of 24-3. to Sort of a fill-in-the-blank for you. The most impressive part of Duke football's performance was blank. Well, I mean, to say – to say it like very generically, it was the defense. But if I were to say a specific thing, it would be that – NC State scored one on one field goal. That field goal was a 57-yard bomb, and it came on a drive that went negative yardage. The only points that were scored in the game. And it came 90 seconds into the game. And nothing else. Yeah. Nothing else. The defense, J.J., was so good that Kevin Johns called one – Pass play in the second half. One pass play the entire second half. Duke literally, I believe, went into halftime and said, if we don't screw this up, we don't have to do another thing on offense. We're going to win this game. <clears throat> they didn't put Henry Beal in, in, in any difficult situations after that first drive. I thought he managed the game well, but that defense was just crazy. 
I think that's the right takeaway uh, is just that defensive performance. We did want to spend a lot of time talking about that quarterback situation because it's what we spent that whole week kind of leading up to the game talking about was, okay, who is going to be quarterback? Is it going to be Riley Leonard coming back from injury or will Henry Beelan get this opportunity? And yet we walk away yet again still talking about this defense. This defense so good, just one of five teams in the country allowing fewer than 10 points per game as an entire unit. I can't figure it out, man. I mean, at the start of the year, I'm telling you, hey, don't get used to just giving up seven points. Like, teams will score on you throughout the season. I might have been wrong, man. I might have been really wrong. Well, it's it's crazy. I mean, certainly Florida State presents a different challenge, right, than we'll get to. But you're right. If you look back on these games, and I mean, I don't want to be this guy, but one of the touchdowns in the Northwestern game was under a minute to go. And it was literally, and I'm not, I'm not meaning this in any derogatory way, it was a garbage time touchdown. I mean, that's just all, all it is. So, like, I mean, you take that away and the number drops even more. Um, yeah, you know, the UConn I, touchdown was like, wasn't there 12 seconds? or like Yeah, that one as well. Yeah. The game? Yep. yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not playing that what-if game because, you know, the game is played the way it is. I do believe, and I'm cool with this, I do believe Duke took that timeout uh, late in the NC State game because NC State was moving the ball down the field kind of in a garbage time and the momentum. And I think Duke took a timeout real quick and said, look, we're not going to give up a touchdown. Like, we're, we're going we're gonna to preserve this. And I'm glad they did. So, 24-3 sounds much better than 24-10. What did uh, what did you think of Henry Beelan's performance? Yeah, so, um, yeah, a couple of things. Obviously, that first um, that first possession was was a little bit difficult. Henry had to get his feet under him. Uh, that route, uh, Coach Elko Monday in his presser mentioned that you know Jomo um, cut the route off because of what he saw. Henry was going off the fact that uh, when they snapped the ball, State was not set yet. So Henry's just like, it's going to be a full go. And then it ended up not being. And so – you know, Coach Elko was like, I don't know who I give that to. I don't necessarily blame the wide receiver or the quarterback on that. But here's my thing. I just wish you'd have thrown it out of bounds. If he wasn't sure, just throw that thing out of bounds. And that's what I actually, JJ, that's what I think. His numbers being four for 12, um, you had the interception. That was one of the incompletions. He did throw the ball away three or four other times. Like he was under pressure or he didn't have anything, threw it out of bounds. So really his accuracy was not terrible. He had two drops. I mean, one drop like, in the chest of someone on a slant, another drop on a deep ball. And so, like, I actually think his accuracy was was pretty decent. He didn't make, other than the first drive, didn't make mistakes. He ran the ball well. I mean, I guess overarching, the, what Duke could take from a 30,000-foot view is God forbid that Riley has to miss any more time. But if he does, I think Duke has a lot of trust in what Henry can bring to the table. Yeah, just the one interception. Again, the, the completion percentage, not great after uh, we saw him earlier this season going eight for eight. So kind yeah. of the exact opposite, uh, not the greatest numbers there. But then uh, as we've talked about a little bit already this week, first pass attempt of the game happens to be that interception. And in that moment, it's, oh, no, what, <laughs> you know, kind of you, you hate to get negative right out of the gates. But when the first pass attempt ends up in the other team's hands, uh, it was a, a little worrisome for what the game could have been, but um, he oh, no it question. On when needed to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no question. I mean, when that happened, and I believe if I'm mistaken, maybe the next drive we went three and out. I, I can't. I can't remember. I believe that was the case. 
And yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of like looking around, like, okay, are we gonna, you know, what's gonna happen here? And I will say this, I believe Henry does a an excellent job, like way above average in like his deception. I right. believe his like snap count cadence with his claps are uh elite. Uh I think that his uh his RPO is elite. That pump fake on that long pass to Jalen Calhoun. Unbelievable. I mean, he yeah. had that guy biting on that on that in route so hard. Um, so I love and those then to aspects. Not overthrow of him. him or underthrow him. Like yep. to throw right on the money when you need to make a big time play. Yeah. yeah. A lot of impressive things for, for sure. sure. All right. Let's keep talking about it, but we'll take our first time out here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. As we all know, these days, every new potential hire can feel like such a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why I'm telling you, you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. You've got simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We move forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. So uh, talking about this game that Duke's getting ready for, a lot of questions still at that quarterback spot. Uh, Mike Elko spoke earlier in the week, Josh, so just kind of catch everybody up. Like a a week ago, we're blown away that there is even a remote possibility Mm -hmm. that Riley Leonard could have been available for that NC State game. how what What's the pulse right now today on a Wednesday of game week going into a big test on the road? Yeah, Monday in his presser, uh, none of the local guys asked uh, Coach Elko for an update because I think everyone knew what they were going to get uh, from Coach Elko. But there was a guy there that I didn't recognize. I believe he was a national guy. I'm not sure. But he asked for an update on Riley. And Coach Elko was, yeah, I have an update on him. He's day-to-day. And, like, everyone started laughing. Um, you're not going to get anything out of Duke. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, you know, I, I, and maybe I'm just a Mr. Optimism here, but I mean, I, I think if he had to last Saturday, he, he was going to take that thing up and go. Um, I believe Duke held him out. Um, he was limping. I, I get, I get that. He also was running around, jumping, catching footballs pregame as well. So like he was doing both, uh, I don't have any inside intel at all. Um, Coach Elko did say day-to-day again. He seemed to be upbeat when he said that and not not negative when he said that. Um, all I can tell you is I know there are a lot of people from Fairhope High School in Fairhope, Alabama, from Riley Leonard's hometown that are going to be at that game Saturday. I just have a hard time thinking he's not playing. I have a hard time thinking that. Yeah, it sounds like we're in a position to see him make his return, uh, which is certainly exciting. I, I think 
you immediately, regardless of his health, feel better about the situation because he's got kind of that experience and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, hopeful that we could get some good things out of him and, and, and whatnot there. Like, what are the concerns, would you say, with Riley Leonard specifically when you've got a big-time game coming up like this? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, you want to look at his health, and you never want to jeopardize. I mean, Riley Leonard's going to play in the NFL. He's going to have a career. He's got money to, to make for sure. So, obviously, you want to keep that in mind. But with sprains, depending on how it is, I mean, at the end of the day, I think any anybody that's even played sports growing up in middle and high school, you understand that, like, you know, while sprains hurt, depending on the severity of them, you typically can tape up and play on, on some of those. The high ankle sprains are different. I'm not a doctor in any way. I understand that oftentimes people are out three to four weeks. Uh, but remember, Duke did have the bye week mm-hmm. um, in there. So there was an extra week there. I can promise you this. Duke has elite medical uh, help and, and a medical team. I can promise you that the best of the best treatment is taking place to get him ready. So that's the first thing I'd be concerned about, JJ, would be his personal health. The second thing would be the fact that he hasn't played in two and a half weeks or however long it's been. The game speed. This Florida State defense is going to be the fastest defense that he go, that he's gone against you know, the entire season. So it'll take him a little bit of time potentially to get back in the rhythm of things. You know, ironically, I'm a and I think Riley's a big fan of this too. I'm a big fan of Riley getting hit, uh, you know, on a run uh, early on in the game, and it seems to just kind of loosen him up. Yeah. And so, but once again, when you're on that ankle. It's like every time you take a hit, it's like, oh, please don't roll up on this thing or, like, make sure you go down clean. Um, so those, those are concerns. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, this is kind of the – it's the nitpicky thing that people have been saying. But this is going to be another game in Florida State where you're not going to really probably see the deep ball. You know, you're not going to see Riley or Henry if it happens to be Henry. But we're speaking about Riley. You're not going to see him air it out. There's going to be a lot of the short intermediate passes – a lot of running, a lot of creativity probably there. I just think that the overall speed of the Florida State defense, I mean, I, this is nothing against our wide receivers, but our, our, our wide receivers are going to struggle to, to create separation on deep balls. That's just my opinion. And therefore, um, it becomes more of a risk if you're trying to air it out with their speed and just, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you've got to get that, I mean, you've got to get the step, at least a step, right? you got to get a step or two on, on the defender in order to, to complete those passes. I just see Duke doing a better job, especially with a guy with the skill set of like a Jordan Moore and even Jalen Calhoun. I just see those slant routes and those out routes kind of being a little bit more bread and butter on a game like this. Um, and so, yeah, so those are my, I guess, my concerns for Riley. Um, you know, he won't be able to air it out probably. Um, his health, his personal health, and then just getting back into it. He didn't play last week. He didn't, you know, he's practicing, but who knows at what level is he practicing? You know, obviously practices are closed, so none of us really know. Well, let's keep talking about it. We've got things to discuss about this game in particular, the quarterback position and kind of where Duke's at six games into the year. And we'll finalize our conversation after one more timeout here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Let me tell you a little bit about the daily fantasy world because Prize Picks is exactly where I've had the most fun winning 25 times up to my money this football season with our friends at Prize Picks. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and then place your entry. 
You could test your skills this football season in the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. What I also love is the Price Picks reboot policy. Entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL and college football top 25 matchups, including this week's Duke versus Florida State game, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half with injury and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. What you can do right now is go to pricepicks.com slash college. Use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, pricepicks.com slash college using code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks is a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Final few moments here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. JJ Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Promote your work, if you will, my friend. Tell people where they can listen to you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're on YouTube and then anywhere you uh, consume podcasts, uh, just search Section 17 podcast. Uh, we'll be there. Um, DukeFootballTalk.com is our website. And then at DukeFBTalk, pretty much anywhere on social media. Um, and so we, we've had a lot of fun. We actually had some fun. Uh, going back and forth with your friends at Locked On Wolfpack uh, this past week after they made some uh, pretty outlandish statements after the uh, after the loss. the They were definitely not gracious losers over there. And so uh, we had to go back and forth with them, all in good fun, of course. But, yeah, we enjoy what we do. We cover Duke football um, and, and try to give an in-depth look at the program from a fan's perspective. All right, so looking at this program, looking at where Duke is at halfway through the season, a 5-1 and one record, six games left. If you're watching us on YouTube, we've got the schedule scrolling across the bottom of the screen. Massive test at Florida State, and certainly don't want to overlook that, but knowing this Duke team is not at 100% health right now and uh, unfortunately already had the bye week kind of pass them by, um, and whatnot. Where is Duke at in, in this point of the season, Josh? When you're looking kind of big picture, the games to come, optimism level, incredible to be at five and one. But mm-hmm. is there reason to kind of hold on to that hope for what this team could ultimately finish and do? A lot of people watching those ACC standings each and every week. Like, where are we at this point yeah. of the season? Well, I mean, first of all, we control our destiny, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, so that's a good place to be at. Number two, other than Eli Pankel, uh, no no injury that we know of is a season has been a season ending injury for Duke, and so anything that they uh, that they faced on the injury front um, has been a one week at a time, you know, week by week, day by day type of injury, and so um, so I, I think that's a positive. Um, this is a gauntlet of a schedule right now, uh, you know. Obviously, Wake is not what Wake has been the last few years. But you have Florida State, you go to Louisville, and then you go to UNC. Uh, I mean, those are those are three very difficult games with the Wake Forest Thursday night home game uh, in between there. But Duke, Duke controls their destiny. And at the end of the day, you know, does a loss of Florida State kill their chances? Absolutely not. It's one ACC loss. Does it kill their chances? Um, so, I mean, that that's my kind of season wrap-up is that – Whenever you are in the end of October 
and you control your destiny for the ACC championship game, you're in you're in a good spot. And and with and like I said, with injuries other than Eli, knock on wood, no one else, none of their injuries have been like season ending or even prolonged. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's been like they've been out a week, maybe two, and they're back. So I think overall, Duke's in a really good spot. What else do we need to know about Florida State? Big game this weekend. Yeah. You're also making the trip down to Tallahassee. Yep. Big atmosphere. Have never beat Florida State in football. Uh, 0-19 all-time. Like, what else do we need to know, Josh? What's it going to take to win this one? Well, you have your classic. I mean, this is an incredible offense for Florida State. They have some massive receivers that are very uh, that are very athletic as well. I mean, just, just freak athletes, really. Uh, tight end position, I mean – I watched a little bit of their game last week, and I forget the guy's name. One of their their tight end was just – he was ridiculous, man. Um, so they're really good. They've scored over 30 points. Uh, and I, Brian could tell you on our podcast, I forget the exact number of games. They've scored over 30 points in, like, X number of games. So, like, then you have Duke's defense. And I want to give a shout-out to Duke's defense because, as you mentioned, they're not giving up points. They're in the top five in, in, in the country in scoring defense. Uh, Brandon Johnson, um, Miles Jones, Al Blades, you know, go down the list, man. Like, these guys have been absolutely incredible. I, I loved Brandon Johnson this past week in the NC State game. There's a lot of personal stuff there. He was heavily recruited by both programs, all this kind of stuff. They went at him two different times in a row on a drive, and he had two PBUs. And then on third down or fourth down, they bring him on the blitz and he gets the sack of the quarterback. So, like, it was like it was the Brandon Johnson drive, right? So, uh, our defense, I believe, at Duke is really good, but Florida State's offense is also really good. So, who's going to win? Who's going to win out there? And then I believe on the on the defensive front, it's a matter of can Kevin Johns uh, get the scheme needed to move the ball against a very athletic defense? Um, I believe Notre Dame's defense was very athletic as, as well. Honestly, kind of breaking the mold a little bit of like the Notre Dame. You think of kind of big, but kind of slow. Sometimes when you think of Notre Dame, this year's Notre Dame team was fast as lightning. So like, I think Duke has seen it. Um, I think Florida State's a little quicker, but maybe not quite as bulky and strong. I don't don't know. Uh, But what we did see in the Notre Dame game, and I think what Duke's going to have to do is a heavy dose of Jordan Waters uh, finding finding some seams, getting downhill. So, it, all in all, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great game. And, and and listen, don't get me wrong. All due respect to Florida State, this game could be they could come in firing on all cylinders, guns blazing. It's homecoming. It's a seven thirty primetime game. They could come in yeah. and absolutely destroy Duke. They could. But I believe if you look at the character of this Duke team, it hasn't happened yet this year. Uh, that defense is good. Um, and so I don't think it will happen that way, but I have a lot of respect for Mike Norvell and for Jordan Travis and that go down that entire roster. So, yeah, big time game coming up. Keon Coleman makes a lot of big time plays at that wide receiver position as well. And I mean, they're loaded. I learned this today. He also returns punts. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my man is like, he's massive, he's right. athletic. And I heard Mike Norvell on uh, Eric McLean and Kelly Grimwich's uh, podcast. Say yeah, I mean he's he's that good. So we want to get him a few more touches a game. So why not put him up there? I love that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Part so 
You know, just in case you didn't see enough of that guy on <laughs> offense, you get right. to see him punt so. Coleman started his career at Michigan State. Now he's terrorizing yeah. ACC defenses. So we'll see what happens uh, this upcoming Saturday there at Wallace Wade. As you mentioned at the top, tomorrow night – or excuse me, Friday night, got yep. big things happening. Countdown to craziness. First real look at this 2023-2024 team. Beyond the kind of practice and exhibition, scrimmage, whatever you want to call it, itself massive, massive, massive recruiting weekend for Duke men's basketball. The top player in the country, Cooper Flagg, will be in attendance. Can you give a sales pitch to Cooper Flagg for us, Josh? What does he need to walk away knowing? Listen, as a Duke football fan, let me just say this. Cooper, you were at UConn. Your (laughs) official visit weekend was the weekend that Duke football came up there and absolutely annihilated (laughs) the UConn Huskies. And so – uh, I know that really doesn't play into it. But, no, I mean, at the end of the day, Cooper Flagg, his family, they've been Duke fans for a long time. Um, I, I think that – and this is with all due respect. I mean, y'all know we're Danny Hurley. Like, we're Hurley family fans. Oh, yeah. Like, I have uh, – UConn's been incredible. I mean, they've won a couple of titles here recently. They've also missed the tournament quite a bit as well. So, it's kind of feast or famine. Um, but I just believe that Cooper Flagg has an opportunity to be a Zion Williamson-type uh, player in college – and I really do feel like there is not a better place in the country to go to get your name out there, your brand out there. You're going to be on national television every single game. Uh, that social media team is going to do everything in their power to get you the publicity that you need. And look, let's face it, with NIL the way it is right now, he'll probably he'd probably be the most valuable NIL basketball player. I mean, for the performance on the court. Nothing against like a Bronny James. I know yeah. that they have different ways of, of value, but as far as like on the court value. So, I mean, you know, you get to be a part of the Duke UNC rivalry. You get the, you get to be, uh, you get the Duke Arizona going to Arizona next year. There's a lot of good positive things uh, that come of this. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't fault him if he did wind up at UConn. They have a great program, but. You just you can't beat the experience that you get at Duke. Yeah, come join the brotherhood. That's for sure. Make it happen. Let, let's have a big weekend, Josh. And hopefully your boy Jaden Shoot shows out. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's, the craziness. He's been making things happen. Listen, uh, I'm glad people can. This see isn't now. the basketball podcast, but JJ, how is Coach Shire? How is he going to get minutes to people, man? It's insane. I don't know. I don't know. They're way it's too. It's almost got to be like the five in, five <laughs> yeah. out. Like, I mean, it's going to be crazy. It's a great problem to have. I mean, yeah. and I know we're going to talk a whole lot more about plenty basketball about later, it. So. Yeah, I love it. We'll see you soon, Josh. Thanks for the time today. Have a great week, JJ. We'll see All you. All right, that's Josh Cox, Duke Football Talk Section Seventeen Podcast. Follow them at Duke FB Talk on Twitter at Joshua Cox on Twitter as well. That's going to do it for our show here today. Plenty more basketball and football conversations on the horizon for you. Leave us a five-star rating and written review wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go to. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.